0: Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman. Guess what, folks? We might be in the middle of NBA playoffs. We might be in the middle of the NHL playoffs. We might be in the middle of baseball season. We might be in the middle of the French Open. We might be in the middle of golf season. But we're like, no joke, 100 days from the start of football, which means we got an excuse To get Sean Corner on the favorites podcast with me and my BFF, my companion, Mr. Simon Hunter, professional better. How are you, man?
1: Dad, buddy. Did you enjoy our one sunny day this entire weekend? I think we had a sunny day on Monday. That was pretty much it for a whole holiday weekend.
0: Decent day on Monday. Uh, My mom came to visit from California, great weekend in Connecticut to have. relatives visiting when, uh, you couldn't leave your house, uh, Saturday or Sunday, it was raining so badly and it was so uncomfortable here in Connecticut. Um, that always makes for a lot of fun when a relative who, uh, you may or may not have tension with has come to visit, not seeing them for almost two years because of the pandemic. So that was great.
1: Uh, Yeah. Our, uh Our big, you know, everyone has their family get together and it's always the weird, awkward conversations. Like you have the weird aunt that just hates LeBron James or just the uh, the conversations you don't want to have. Uh, We talked a lot about aliens, big topic. And I was wondering, Chad, have you seen a UFO or an alien walking on Earth?
0: Well, you could argue that a lot of the people I know, the only explanation for their behavior is that they are aliens. Number one. Well, technically, including, you are an alien. Including, by the way, most of the people that we work with, including maybe <laughs> including maybe a couple of people on this call, including Sean Corner and Matt Mitchell, because that that might be otherwise, Matt Mitchell living in his basement and his sensibilities and Sean corner running simulations uh, for fun are the only reasons to exp- the alien life is the only reasons that they could do these things. Um, but let me tell you a story. Please. I did one, one year, you know, my, my family and I used to do these uh, RV trips every year with my best friend and his family from the time our kids were about nine uh, no, probably 10 until 16. And they were amazing. It'd be both families. We'd go to one state, rent an RV. We did Death Valley. We did Utah. We did um, the South. We did Oregon. One, and, and they're amazing. They are a comedy of errors. I highly recommend it, if, especially if you've got like younger kids. They're just so much fun to do. So um, we did New Mexico one year. And New Mexico was the only state we, we were driving in where you could not get anything on the radio no matter what channel you went on. Like it was just desolate and barren and really felt like a, a very poor state that needed more resources than it had. But we did go to Roswell and we did go to the Roswell Museum and I am thoroughly 100% convinced that Roswell is true. That Area 51, aliens landing, you can either believe it or not believe it. I just choose to believe it because I think it's interesting and fun. And I lose, I gain nothing by not believing it. And I lose nothing by believing in it. You know what I mean? So there's no reason not to. Like, why not believe there's another life form? How arrogant are we to believe that we're the only planet that can have intelligent life? It's idiotic.
1: So, like, basically, that's what we were talking about. Just how, not that no one cares, but it's it's information where people are just like, well, what am I going to do with that? Like, until these aliens land and they're in front of us, what are we going to do with it? But, you know, my aunt and uncle, they're terrified about it. They They think it's going to be like Chris, Christopher Columbus and the Native Americans. Like, they're going to wipe us out. And I'm the other way where I'm like, okay, these these things have the technology to travel across the universe. You don't think they have the technology to turn a planet into a, an Earth themselves? They don't, like, what can we really benefit to them? So I'm on the other view of that. They are, like, coming here. They're checking us out. But I think they look as like we're so stupid. They're just like, you know what? Let's just keep waiting and waiting and waiting to see what these people can do. Because, again, as a species, we all know it. We're pretty stupid. So I'm of the fans that they're not going to come here to kill us. They're coming here just to, like, you know, check us out.
0: Listen, a guy like Corner, we can bring Corner in here because – you know, he's sitting behind his computer. He's working all the angles. He might already have odds on whether or not alien life exists.
2: A hundred percent, right? <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt. You know, whether they look like how they're portrayed in movies is another thing, but I think without a doubt, they exist.
0: Person at Action Network most likely to be an alien. Lee Oh my God. Too easy. Sean Corner.
2: Ooh, that's good. I'm going to have to go with Friedman. How could you not say Friedman?
0: Oh my God. Matthew Friedman. Simon Hunter brings in Mike Lieboff, who has been a regular guest on the podcast. Uh, Corner brings in Matthew Friedman, also a really good one. Uh, Matt Mitchell is in the channel and saying Stucky. And I got to believe that the one named wonder Stucky is, um, was my first instinct. There is something freakish about his sleep habits, something freakish about his willingness to invite anybody from Twitter to come visit him and stay with him in Kentucky, something freakish about the fact that he's gone to visit random people on Twitter and stayed with them for like a week at a time. Um, That can only be fueled by alien life that is uh, still learning about the human species. (laughs)
1: I actually could see that. I could see Stucky getting home and unzipping and just being whatever he really is. But uh, (laughs) he's definitely, he might be too much of a degenerate. Like, I don't know if an alien could be as he's like the, when I think of a true gambler, Stucky is like right up there, man. Like that dude, I'll literally go to bed and I'll do my 3am wake ups and Stucky will still be on Twitter talking tennis at three in the morning, even though he's talking hoops and baseball at 9pm. I'm just like, this guy is an animal.
0: That is so true. Matt Mitchell, uh, who is also a huge UFO guy, coming is no surprise to anybody, uh, wins the prize. Guys, we got a 17th game, and that impacts everything. Sean, I want to start with you, because I want to get into season win totals uh, for the NFL, but I don't think we can get to season win totals until we've had a conversation about how a 17th game uh, impacts the modeling and the simulations that you do. So, take me through that for you.
2: Yeah, so I mean, it's it's pretty simple on my end. I just add the game to my simulator. Um, and I had an article up on Action Network, um, sort of analyzing which teams benefited or which teams were hurt um, by the 17th game. But you know, on my end, that's what simulators are, are made for. I, I factor it in there. Um, but from my understand, Simon, it, it kind of messes up with your your modeling and what things do you typically do this time of year?
0: Corner's very sort of calm response in that the simulator will just take care of everything. You just add the game. Makes <laughs> it me really does. He, he might be an alien.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <sighs> no, he's just so cool, comic collective. I feel like I'm the opposite where I'm just like panicking 24 seven. I mean, I didn't sleep for three weeks leading up to the NFL season with the COVID stuff. Cause I just couldn't, mm. I just couldn't find the math behind what the effect the fans would have on the teams. And it turned out if you just would have taken road dogs all year last year, you would have came out with a nice profit. And I should have just known that's how it was going to be that home field was gone. These veteran quarterbacks are going to have a huge advantage. So again, looking at this season, I plug it in. It's, it's throwing it off in the sense that like, we're going to talk about, we have bye weeks week 14. We have like, it all depends on how you run your simulation, but I have certain things where like an older team, like Pittsburgh, say they're bye weeks week 13, that skews heavy for me towards Pittsburgh. I give them a bump of maybe half a win because I just think that extra health in the season's a big deal. So it's really interesting where I put the one game in and it kind of threw my thing off where I thought I was going to give certain teams, you know, 0.2 to 0.7 win difference. Some teams have bumped at 1.3, some teams have dropped them down negative like .4. It's just interesting how the schedule took in the strength of schedule. So, there's certain teams like the Browns and the Ravens, they play each other, have a bye week, and then they play each other the following week. Like there's certain weird things they did this season where, you know, there's going to be teams that are playing each other back to back in division. That's that that skews a lot of the season because that's a big deal that you know, some of these teams are playing five divisional games to end the season. It's just very unique the way they did the schedule this year with the 17 games.
0: The uh, The adding of the 17th game, Simon, when you're thinking about it and you say, OK, I see the Steelers getting a week 14 by that might make them be bumped up half a game in their win total. What does that process look like for you? sort of in in reality are you in front of a spreadsheet are you in a computer are you modeling it for each individual game like how how deep in the weeds do you go for each team to make a determination like that
1: and i just don't want people to get mad at me pittsburgh's bye weeks week seven i'm just using them as a reference i i got team. it okay that's I know, good I just, know. people might get upset um yeah that's good yeah it, it's it is tough to say because like I steal a lot of my info. Like I'll, I'll use guys who I trust on their data and I'll take that and plug it against my own and just see how I'm matching up and see if just if my numbers are way off compared to other people's, because again, I say it all the time, I don't have all the answers. Like I like to use other people cause I, I learn from other people. So if they're seeing things different, I see it the kind of the same way where a lot of people are kind of lazy with financial schedule. They'll just be like, okay, here's everyone's record of last year plug into the database Here's the easiest schedule. So like people are going to be like the Eagles and Cowboys have the easiest schedule this year. Yeah. I wonder why they're from the NFC East, the worst division of football last year. So it's one of those where I take it with a grain of salt when I'm projecting things out. And again, we talk all the time, injuries, 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 injuries. Everyone has a plan. And then three weeks in, we already know two, two really good quarterbacks are probably going to be hurt. Really important defensive players are gonna be hurt in certain teams. So when I'm projecting these things, I'm just looking for value. I'm looking to give myself enough room where the value is going to be worth it to bet it now. Because like we just said, we're 100 days away from football and we're betting money right now. So you're looking for value, the whole point of right
0: now. Corner, when you do your simulations, are you at all curious? Do you run them for a 16-game season as well as a 17-game season?
2: Um, No, no, that would be... Unnecessary work (laughs) on my end. Um, I'm just setting up the whole 17 game schedule and the playoffs and letting it run. Um, And the bye weeks, it's interesting because you know it it could depend on injuries. You know, uh, the Chiefs have a bye week, week 12. So if Mahomes is dealing with a three three week injury in week six versus week 11, they're going to benefit by having the bye week in week 12. So there's certain things that you can't really predict. Um, So again, you know, the simulator. It, you know, I run everything 10,000 times and it kind of sorts itself out. Um, There's a lot of things that we can't predict, but as Simon mentioned at this point in the off season, it's all about finding value. So, you know, setting up the simulator, I can catch interesting things we could talk about in a bit, but like the Aaron Rodgers potential trade, um, finding value with that with other teams. Um, there's a lot of cool different angles. Um, I'm playing with this time of year
0: rank for me, how the simulator, uh, plays a role in your life when it comes to conversations in your house? For example, for example, you and your wife are getting ready to go to dinner. Are you like, hold on, I can't go yet. I got to run the simulator. Do you call it the simulator? Do you call it something else? I just want to get a sense of like, to, to me, the simulator is an engine that is so important and so dominant in your life. I need to know how it plays into your relationship.
2: No, I do not uh, tell my wife that I need to run the simulator. If anything, when we're talking about going to dinner, I'm probably running a simulator trying to predict what type of food she wants um, and setting odds on that. Um, so that's how that conversation would go.
0: And did you name the simulator?
2: Uh, I Maybe I should. Uh, I have not.
0: Would you consider Chad?
2: I could call it Chad. All uppercase.
0: Yeah. Let's so call
2: it chat an acronym. Yeah. Let, I
0: was gonna think, let's think of a good acronym for yeah. the simulator. Cool humanistic avoidance data.
2: Wow. I love it. All right. That was Chad. pretty good. Yeah, it's Chad.
0: All oh right. my God. Simon,
2: how good it. was that?
1: I'm blown away. Especially the fact that it was off the cusp. That's that was way too clean for you.
0: Yeah, I, I feel
2: like you've thought of that.
0: I've never thought of it in my life, but you guys don't understand. I'm so fast. My mind (laughs) works like a simulator itself. I am so fast in these moments. You listen to the Thunderdome and you think, my God, he's so clever. He goes off script so often. And now you're seeing it in real time on the Tuesday podcast too. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers as part of the simulator. Explain to me what you've done in your simulations for him. And then I have a follow-up.
2: So right now, um, I have 65% chance he stays in Green Bay. Um, 30% chance he goes to Denver. And then I have 5% left over for, you know, retirement, holding out other teams like the Raiders. Um, doesn't have much of an impact on everything. Uh, but you know that 65% um, stay in Green Bay and the 30% in Denver has a huge impact on both their win totals. Um, and it's really interesting to see where – the the Packers, like they're over under right now. If a book were to post it, it, would probably be right around nine. But that's one of the least likely outcomes for them. They're they're most likely gonna be a a ten and a half over under or you know, like a seven and a half to eight over under. So it's it's almost like this this kind of like curve like that where nine is like an unlikely outcome. So it's really interesting to see. Um, so I have that built out for them, but it impacts the rest of the league too. So you know, the AFC West has some pretty interesting ramifications for that. Um, and it looks like the market has factored that in pretty well. But, um, you know, the, the potential for Rodgers to go to Denver has a huge impact on these EFC, AFC win, West win totals as well.
0: Does your cool humanistic avoidance data machine need to run multiple simulations to account just for that one Aaron Rodgers variable?
2: Yeah, yeah, so that's built in there. So every time it runs a season, he's either traded to the Packers or uh, traded to the Broncos or stays on the Packers. So I'm not using, like, an adjusted, um, you know, power rating for them. It's, you know, definite he's on this one team or he's on this other team. Same thing with Deshaun Watson, which is really, really tricky. But, you know, is Deshaun Watson even playing football or is he suspended six games? So I have, like, all those sort of built out. Now, the percentages I'm using – you know, are certainly up for debate. I know Simon and I kind of debate this on our um, schedule release show, but um, I I think it's more likely that Rogers goes to the Broncos than he might think. So you know, that's kind of that bias is sort of built into my simulator itself. So that's that's a little bit of bias being being put into there. But at the end of the day, it's being simulated out so that I can factor in all these various things um, sort of
0: naturally. Simon, why don't you think Aaron Rodgers is going to the Packers? I mean, going to the Broncos.
1: Um, well, it's one of those where I just like we talk all the time about value. Uh, I'm capitalizing on the value. So the Chargers bumped all the way up to 40 to one on the news that he was, they were at 32 to one. They went all the way up to 41 because people thought he was going to Denver. So I took Chargers Super Bowl just because there was value there because I'm banking on him not going there. I've taken their season win total when it was available, I took them division when it was available. It's just one of those where I just logically, he has no leverage. Um, they're in a position where they're already put together a team. They have all the pieces there. They're easily one of the top three teams in NFC. Aaron, he's, he's upset. Um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, he went to them and asked for a contract extension. They gave him back a number that to him was a slap in the face. So he pretty much said, F you. don't call me. Don't try to come visit me. I'm not talking to you guys. We've seen him. He's in Hawaii. He's chilling. I think by the time it gets closer to the season, his teammates are hitting him up. I just can't see Aaron leaving him. He's in a situation now where if they if they let him go right now, it's 30 million dead cap. And they can spread it across two years now, because it's after June 1st. So they could do whatever it is, 15 million this year, 17 million next year. Okay, that sounds all fun and good. They don't believe in love. We we know they don't believe in Jordan love. If they did, they'd be acting way cooler than they've already shown their cards and they're like. Aaron, we'll do whatever you want. Like, literally, LaFleur sounded like he was going to cry on a show talking about how much Aaron means to him. So, all the signs point to this is just fun media talk. I'm with him, though. I still think there is a percentage that he leaves because you never know with these teams. If Denver's offering up three stud defenders and two first-round picks, Green Bay's got to do the deal. Like, they're in a spot now where it kind of makes sense they would take the deal. But I'm just looking at what's the most logical thing. And like he just said, he's given a 65% chance he's going to stay in Green Bay. To me that feels like there's plenty of value there to just be taking these Green Bay futures because like we just said they're they're at a discount right now.
0: All right, so so I agree with Simon by the way. I think it's like 85% chance that he stays in Green Bay. That also as much as the Packers are begging and sort of thinking about how they can get him back, he has no leverage. Like other than retiring, he really has no leverage and he's a competitive guy who still has a lot to prove and is, you know, past two years getting to the NFC title game, incremental improvement in NFC that to me is entirely up for grabs. Uh, He's not going to leave a team that is that close to being able to play for a Super Bowl when he knows that he in 16 seasons has had one chance to win a Super Bowl, did it and is, you know, pales in comparison to other quarterbacks who are not nearly as talented. You're right. As he and is. Like,
1: we talk all the time about how smart Aaron is. Does Aaron really want to go from a division of Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, and either a rookie or Andy Dalton to Herbert Mahomes? And you know, you can say what you want. Derek Carr is not terrible. He's probably better than most of those quarterbacks we just named. So I I just again the logical sense to me is just like I don't know why he would make the move. It just doesn't make sense on paper.
0: All right. So corner since you're clearly so wrong and your simulator, uh, is, uh, have your, your human bias is ruining Chad, which is sad. Um, where are your values? What, what did the simulator produce for you that made you feel there was some value where a hundred days out? Give the so I love they three
2: want. overs and three unders. Where would you like me to start? Start
0: with the overs.
2: All right. So the first over I love is the, uh, Cardinals, over eight right now. Um, you know, one of the things with the Cardinals is I, I think their defense is sneaky good uh, with Vance Joseph. Uh, it, last year, they finished seventh in weighted DVOA, so they, they finished the year strong. Um, I think bringing in J.J. Watt, um, it's going to make it tougher for teams to double Chandler Jones. They could be a nice little duo Um, And then Isaiah Simmons, you know, he showed some promise at the end of his rookie season. So, you know, with him and rookie Zayvon Collins, they have a potential to be a great linebacking duo. Um, They lost Patrick Peterson, but they brought in Malcolm Butler. And Buda Baker is one of the best safeties in the game. So I think this defense is pretty strong. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you know, Kyler Murray's entering year three. So he hasn't even broken out yet. I mean, he's entering his prime. We have yet to see him really peak as a passer. So he could have a Josh Allen type season. Um, and then this team is going to go over the edge, in my opinion. Um, you know, AJ Green, I don't know what he can provide at this point in his career, but he can be a red zone weapon for him. Um, Rondale Moore was a great pick. I love him in this offense. Um, you know, they throw a ton of screen passes. So he's a guy just get him in the ball and he has that make you miss ability. So uh, this is going to be a very tough offense to defend. Um, and then when we think about, you know, the NFC West, it's a really tough division. But their schedule is only the 15th toughest. Um, they have games against the Jaguars, Texans, Panthers, Bears, and Lions. Um, so their schedule isn't that tough considering their division. So right now I have the the over um, or nine or more wins at 50% and seven or less at 31% um, with a 19% chance of a push. So I love the value on the over here if you can get an eight.
0: All right. cards over eight. Completely agree with you about, the defense love the potential of Isaiah Simmons. Simon, do you have a strong opinion on that one?
1: Yeah, I had him at eight point four. So, like, I lean towards the over. But the human element of me, Chad, we know on this show we hate Cliff Kingsbury. We the trashed worst. him. We wrote him early on, and once we figured out he's a fraud, we faded him at the end of the year, and it was very profitable for us with Arizona last year. Um, I don't know what to think of him. It's it's tough. Like it's it's one of those where. Because of that division, like he just said, like they do have some weak opponents outside of it. Um, such a tough division. And I don't know if they addressed that offensive line enough. And we saw Kyler breaking down, taking those big hits. And it's still one of those where, you know, love the J.J. Watt move, could care less about the A.J. Green one. I, I just think it's one of these teams where that's a good price. So if you if you do like the over, you believe in Kyler, That's a- that's a fair price. Because I do have it over, like lean towards the over. Personally, I, I'm either going to take the under or I won't touch it just because I'm so off Cl- Cl- Kingsbury.
0: <laughs> I like that Corner is wearing a Los Angeles Chargers hat, which is one of the teams I am most heavily invested in. Are they going to be one of the teams on your over list?
2: Uh, yes, they are. Of course.
0: My God, I've got such a gift. I didn't even know that was coming.
2: <laughs> uh, why don't we talk about them now? Tell me about them. Uh, so I do like the over nine Um, and you know, a lot of great things to say about their offense. Um, you know, they upgraded their offensive line by bringing in Matt Filer and Corey Lindsay. I love those moves. And then they were able to have Rayshawn Slater fall to them at pick 13. So couldn't have asked for a better outcome there. Um, you know, they lost Hunter Henry, but you know, I like the Jared Cook signing. That's more of a short-term solution. I've heard rumors that they might bring in Zach Ertz. So I'm not too worried about the loss of Hunter Henry there. Um, and, you know, the coaching change um, going to Brand Staley, I love that because I can't tell you how many times I bet on the Chargers of the past few years and witnessed Anthony Lynn make some very poor decisions later in the game that cost them. So that's going to be a good change um, in that regard. Um, hopefully we can see Derwin James stay healthy this year. I think that's going to be huge for the defense if he can stay healthy. Um, so, you know, I I love that. And even factoring in the Roger Aaron Rodgers situation where I'm giving him a 30% chance going to the Broncos, I'm still showing value on this. So if I'm like you guys, and I think that he's going to stay in green Bay, I would love this even more. Um, so I love the over nine. I have, um, 10 or more wins at 48% chance, eight or fewer at 33% chance. So I, I love the value at nine here.
0: I don't know why the Los Angeles Chargers aren't getting more futures love. They're at about 30 to one right now. They had been further down the roadmap there, the futures rankings. But still, like, I don't know why fans are not piling on. I bet on them before the Rams. I bet on the Bills, but I like the Chargers better. Like, that to me is a team primed. Simon, they're primed.
1: Yeah, I think it's Oh
0: God. It, yeah, it's oh. tough.
1: It's tough with the Chargers. Like just first glance at their schedule. I love that we're gonna know a lot about this team by the time they get to their bye week. They literally start the year playing uh Washington football team, like a great defense. Then they're at home with the Cowboys, then they're at the Chiefs, then they're playing Vegas, then they play Cleveland, then they're at Baltimore, then they have their bye week. So it's really interesting to see how they're gonna start the year where I'm right there with him. Like, I am obsessed with Herbert. Like, the throws he made last year was like a fifth-year pro. Like, this kid's upside is unreal. And they've improved the O-line, have all the weapons back on defense, have a great offensive weapon. So, to me, I, I love the Chargers. I'm going to be on the over. But, it- of course, it feels like a trap deep down because, like you just said, why are more people betting the Super Bowl future? I think maybe some pros are scared because you like – when you bet futures, you like to think of a team winning the division because you're, you're betting on a top seed. We've learned from history. Usually it helps to have home field advantage through the playoffs to really make it to the Super Bowl. So maybe that's the hesitation. They're thinking, I'm not getting enough value where we already know the Chiefs losing in the Super Bowl last year. Mahomes is going to be pissed off this year. So that's, I think that's being factored into the Super Bowl odds right now.
0: Pros know nothing. Go with Chad. Corner, you agree with me. I know you do. What else you got on your what else you got on your on your on your chad list there? So
2: the, the third team that I like the over is the football team. Um and you know their their defense is gonna be scary good again this year. They were third in DVOA last year. Chase Young will only get better in year two. Um, but they were you know they also brought in William Jackson, which allowed them to play more man coverage. Um, you know, they're drafted Jamin Davis, which is another great pick in my opinion. So the sky's the limit for this defense, but then, you know, bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick and Curtis Samuel is going to help elevate this offense. Um, you know, th- this is another total where eight's the most likely number, but there's more value on the over. So, you know, nine or more wins, I'm getting that 51% of the time in my Chad simulation and seven or fewer wins 30% of the time. So it's one of those things where I wouldn't be surprised if this pushes at the end of the year, but there's way more outcomes where they they clear this number than not.
0: Love this team. Also a team I invested a future in. Thinking Deshaun Watson was going to go there. Mm. Don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback, but their defense is so good. Their front four is one of those, like, this could be a, ma- you know, if there ever was a time for Magic to meet Fitz Magic, it is with this team and this defense that can be – so incredibly effective. Simon shook his head vigorously when you said the Washington football team.
1: Yeah, I'm. I love them so much. It's it's literally like the, not that I'm comparing them to Denver, but I just think this is the Denver model. The year they won, it was Peyton Manning, an unreal front four talent, and their Von Miller is Chase Young. This kid is a freak. So love all the value, especially in that division. They haven't had a repeat in a long time. I think it's going on 20 years, a division winner. But I, I just love them. I just think that people are going to come in the year, like me as an Eagles fan. People are hyped on the Eagles. Giants fans are all back in on their Giants. Everyone's back in on the Cowboys. You're just getting a lot of value right now on the Washington football team. They're kind of their forgotten team right now in this division.
0: Before we get to Sean Corner's overs, Simon, or unders, uh, are there any overs that you feel strongly about, uh, most strongly about? The one that that he hasn't mentioned.
1: Um, I mean, pure value wise, I took Carolinas over. I just thought people are really coming in heavy on the Bucks. They're coming in heavy on Atlanta because they really like Atlanta's draft. And it, once again, they're going to be betting the Saints, just the way it goes. So I, I like for a low total. I like Carolina, and then for a what higher was, total. Hold on,
0: what was Carolina at? Carolina was at. I'm looking it up right now. Seven and a half. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Seven and a half.
1: Um. And for the Colts, I do love them, but the more I look at their schedule, it, it is scaring me a little bit. I had them graded out at 11.3 wins, and now the schedule's out and it's set. Man, the Colts have a tough schedule. They just – I mean, we can go through it real quick. It, it's just interesting to see it on paper just because, you know, we knew you know what the schedule is. You know who the teams are going to play. You just, it's just different once they set it. So they literally start the year with Seattle at home, then they got the Rams at home then they're at Tennessee, then they're at Miami, then they're at Baltimore. So that is a hard start to the year. That's five playoff teams they start the year against. But I just love this Colts team. I mean, we saw what they did with Rivers, who retired. So for me, Carson Wentz, I'm buying low on them. I just love the upside of the Colts here. It's uh, 10 wins right now, I believe, is their total.
0: Colts and Panthers, both plus money on the over. Panthers plus 118. Colts plus 110 so a lot of value in both of those plays. Sean Corner, please give me your unders. So my first Not your underwear, just your NFL right. win total unders.
2: So my first under is actually a team I think probably had the best off season. So this isn't you know when it comes to the Chargers and football team I'm like I love their off season. I like the over. It's not that simple. I think the Browns had the best offseason, but I love their under. Um, so, you know, when it comes to their defense, that was their issue last year. And I think they made all the right moves by bringing Josh Johnson, Troy Hill, Jadavion Clowney. I think this defense is going to be vastly improved. However, you know, they went 11 and five last year with an minus 11 point differential. They played like a 500 football team. So it's important to remember that this isn't an 11 and five team that improved. It's, more like a 500 team that's improving. Um, They went seven and two and one score games. I think even with an improved defense, they're going to play in a lot of close games. They have a great offensive line, great running game. They're going to play teams pretty close. I don't think they're going to be blowing teams out. Therefore, they're going to have to maintain this one score game luck. And, you know, you can't really control that. Um, So I I do think they'll win 10 games this year. I think actually it's very likely they win 10 games. I have that uh, 23% of the time. Uh, But, you know, under 10 and a half, I have this hitting 59% of the time. Again, this is somebody that's high on the Browns. I love all the moves they made. However, just based on their schedule, everything, evening out, I do like the under here.
0: That is a sharp play right there. I think that is an incredibly sharp play. Browns just overvalued in the market. Forget about everything else. Everything you just said, Corner, they are overvalued. Simon.
1: Yeah, Sean's got bigger balls than me. I can't do it. I was looking at that one for a while, too, but like he just said, it's scary because they've improved that defense, and that was by far the biggest weakness, and not that I'm so down on Pittsburgh, but I just, like, they were unreal last year to start the year. What were they, 10 or 11-0 and 0 to start the year? I just can't see that from Pittsburgh. Of course, Baltimore should bounce back, but we've kind of seen the NFL figure it out, Lamar, a little bit, so it's just terrifying for me to take that where I'm already invested in them to win the AFC. I got them a plus a thousand to win the AFC. I didn't do super bowl because I'm not drinking that much Kool-Aid on the Browns yet, but I'm invested on in that. So I'm, I'm probably just going to stay away from this total.
0: Aliens have big balls, Simon. <laughs> Corner, what else you got?
2: Uh, so the other one is uh, the Cowboys under nine and a half, you know, they're coming off a year where they had one of the worst injury luck seasons with Dak Prescott um, having that devastating injury. You know, uh, he might not be 100% to start the year, so he could be a bit rusty. Plus, he's already hinting that he's not going to run as much, so that's going to take that element away from his game. So, you know, while I think they'll bounce back this year, 9.5 is a pretty big number. Um, and, you know, I don't know if bringing Dan Quinn is going to fix their defense. They had a very unfortunate draft where I thought they were going to either get J.C. Horn or Patrick Surtain. And neither one fell to them. So that kind of ruined their draft. They, they definitely needed cornerback help. Um, so while I think they're going to be better this year, nine and a half is a huge number. So I have them going under 63% of the time. So I love the under here. And I think it's being bet up just because, you know, the Cowboys are a public team. Um, you know, people love to bet the over. So I'm just taking the value here on the under.
0: Nine and a half is a big number. But also, and I know Simon agrees with you on this, I could see them splitting. I don't see anyone, any team in the NFC being dominant where you're automatically chalking up two losses for the Cowboys, which makes me scared to bet under a nine and a half when I don't know where the losses are going to come from automatically.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, this is kind of betting on, you know, I already bet on the football team obviously you know how good they're going to be, but I think the giants giants could be sneaky too. So I think just the NFC East will pose more problems than people think, but I agree with you. It's not like you can say um, one way or another, who, who's going to be dominant in this division. Obviously the Eagles will have some issues, but I could see the football team and the giants certainly giving the Cowboys some fits within the
0: division. Simon, you agree with him?
2: Yeah. Always, always fade. The Cowboys
1: they are always gonna be overvalued because they're fan base. It's just, it's an easy way to make money every year. And when there's there's certain teams where you look them on paper and you go, okay, of course, the Cowboys can keep up with anyone on offense, but they can never get stops. And in a team like that, that's always going to be 50-50 in every game they go into. They're not really ever going to be in the position of being the dominant team. I just cannot bet a team like that to go over nine and a half. I mean, I guess the extra game, that's one of those where it throws a little wrench in it because I had him graded out at 8.4. But I'm still, like, even after I added the game, I didn't cross him over nine. So I'm I'm down on the Cowboys. I just think Dak coming back off that knee injury, like he just said, running for touchdowns is a huge part of Dak's game. If that's gone, that's a big deal. Now he's passing in red zone where he's handed off to Ezekiel Elliott. So I, I do think there's value on that under.
0: I love that one of you has a muse named Chad, that being Simon Hunter, one of you has a machine named Chad, that being Sean Corner, and you guys are both coming to generally the same conclusions using entirely different methods. <laughs> Corner, what is your last under, the, th- the third team that is value, that has value on the under?
2: Uh, th- this one feels so easy. It feels like a trap, uh, but the Raiders under seven – Um, And, you know, I do like the moves they made on defense, bringing in Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Casey Hayward and Quentin Jefferson, Um, Gus Bradley to to be defensive coordinator. But I don't know if that's enough to turn this defense around. They finished 31st, 31st and 28th in efficiency the past three seasons. So that's going to be a problem. And then their biggest strength last year was their offensive line. And they, they decided to blow that all up and got rid of three of them. Then they brought in Kenyon Drake for two years, $11 million, to back up Josh Jacobs. So they made some interesting moves. And, you know, this division, um, and I'm factoring in, you know, Aaron Rodgers going to this division at a much higher percent than you guys. Um, so that's probably adding a little bit more value on the under. But, I mean, imagine this division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Aaron Rodgers, and you got this at under seven. Even if Aaron Rodgers doesn't end up going to the Broncos, I still like this. That's why I'm pulling the trigger now. Um, as of now I have um, you know, the Raiders winning six or fewer games 46% of the time, and eight or more thirty-three percent of the time. So I think, you know, seven's a good number, but there's certainly more value taking the under here.
0: I love bet against the Raiders. In this division, I think it's I think it's perfect. Simon agrees with me. I know he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't even have to waste time on them. For for my <laughs> unders, I um people are going to hate it because they think I'm a dire Eagles fan, but Eagles under man, six and a half had it graded out of 5.7. I just think that too, too many people are just falling in love with the idea of Jalen hurts. Instead of watching the tape and looking at the numbers of what he did last year, where I think he could be a good quarterback, but I just think of him as what, again, Eagles took him high up, but it's one of those where it was like a Russell Wilson effect. He would have been a fourth or fifth round quarterback if Russell Wilson exists. And I do love the weapons they have put around them, but the Eagles just have so much dysfunction in that organization right now that I still think that's way too many wins for a team that I just see f- finishing fourth in that division and going to another terrible team, Detroit. Uh, I know I talked a much. I love them week one to pull up an offset. That might be just like the Jaguars. That'll be it. Maybe they'll go one in 15 or one in 16 now, but everything I look at Detroit, they just seem like a team that's in full tank mode and I like what he's doing. He's going to build, he's building up a D line and O line, but the rest of the pieces around those pieces are just terrible. So looking at just the strengths of schedule and everything like that, Detroit getting to five wins or four and a half wins is going to be very tough. So I have them graded out at less than four wins. So I like the Detroit
0: under. I will say that saying the numbers, five wins, six wins in a 17 game season sounds dramatically easier to achieve than in a 16-game season.
1: It does. We've seen a shift in the NFL, though. We saw last year where, again, not we're not saying the Jags or the Jets were tanking, but let's be serious here. We saw the organization kind of supporting a tank mode for a quarterback. So we've just seen a change in the guard in the NFL where guys used to pray, play for pride. You don't really see that as much anymore. I mean, yeah, there might be weeks where they play for pride, but these coaches, they can say they're not trying to tank these games, but, man, last year, was brutal some of these end of games with some of these bad teams. So I'm not
2: falling for it again. Detroit, I have to take the under.
0: What do you think of that one, Sean?
2: Uh yeah, I'm I'm in line with Detroit. I think there's certainly value on the under. This is a team clearly tanking. But uh Simon, so, mean, you're not one of those people that think because they have Jared Goff at quarterback, they're kind of tank proof. It's gonna be hard for them to tank. <laughs> oh man. I, I really cannot wait to see him without McVeigh
1: in his ear. It's truly going to be magical. Now that he has some meathead coach, what it's going to be like for a uh,
2: golf quarterback in Detroit. He oh, doesn't wait. have any receivers either.
0: <laughs> Dan Campbell can be an alien because Dan Campbell likes to eat kneecaps. <laughs> True. Everyone knows that aliens are also cannibals. <laughs> and so, and they feast on the flesh. Uh, Simon. Yeah. This this is very helpful to me, Sean, and and Simon, and hopefully to our listeners. I want to transition to our next segment here. You said, you know, in deference to the Volume Podcast Network sponsors, FanDuel, you happen to go to FanDuel because you are a good soldier and you're like, hey, what are all the bets I can make on FanDuel for the NFL right now that can totally take advantage of FanDuel? So uh, let's go to our... Action Network, take advantage of FanDuel News Desk. Simon, please tell us what you're seeing right now in the field. <sighs> so,
1: again, these are crazy long shot upsides. Last year, you would have thought I was crazy if I told you to take Green Bay and have the best record. Just because even like last year, Jad, you were debating even taking the over of nine for Green Bay. So that's yep. what I mean. So that's what I'm looking for is that teams that people are down on that they have the upside there. Saints. I love the Saints upside. I have no idea if these quarterbacks are going to work out. Okay, It could be an absolute disaster. But I saw Drew Brees, not a good quarterback last year, lead that team to a great record. So to me, plus 3,200 right now, that best record in the NFL on FanDuel for the Saints. I think that's really good value in a team that they don't need Taysom Hill to be the greatest quarterback ever. They just need him to fit in the machine that is the Saints. So all the pieces they have there, I think there's really good value on that number.
0: That's it? Those are the two? Uh,
1: no, I have a ton.
2: Um, okay. So
1: what does
0: corner think of the saints with the best record?
2: Yeah, I, I like that. And the Packers too, especially again, if you think Aaron Rodgers is going to stay, uh, 25 to one. Yeah, that's definitely a good bet. And I can get behind the saints too. I think that's one of those things. There's a very low floor for that team because we don't know how it's going to work out, but there's certainly a high ceiling. If Jameis Winston figures it out, um, if, you know, I, I think they'll continue using Jay, uh, Taysom Hill and his own packages. But, like, I love the upside on, on both teams, uh, especially if you think Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay.
0: Give me one more, Simon, because then I want you to be able to talk to your best friend, Leboff.
2: <laughs> so I
1: rarely would recommend this. It, and, again, this is, uh, this is on Fandle. You, you might be able to find better odds elsewhere, but we won't say elsewhere. The Chiefs to go 17 and 0. I rarely do this, but there's certain books that have them at 40 to one. They have them right now 27 to one uh, to go 17 and 0. I get it. It's a stupid bet. I just love it because I just love Mahomes coming in this year. Really pissed off. I know their division is really tough. The AFC is really tough, but this everything lines up right. I could just see the Chiefs. Even Mahomes is talking about it. They asked him what his goal is this year. He said his dream is to go 20 and 0. That's the goal now for the rest of his life. He wants to go 20 and 0. So to me, a guy like that motivated, that's the only person I'd be putting that kind of money on. So I, I like the odds right now at FanDuel for the Chiefs to go 17-0. and 0.
0: As you said that, no joke, the second you said that, I got an alert on my smartphone from ESPN that said, Mahomes, 20-0 would be awesome. Says <laughs> his goal is for the Chiefs to go undefeated and become NFL's first 20 and 20-0 team. Nick Wright, first things first on Fox Sports and Kevin Wilds, the hosts there, the, the two panelists there. When the schedule came out, we're going back and forth, back and forth on the Chiefs. And Nick Wright is from Kansas City. Uh, and, and I love Nick Wright, one of the smartest guys in this business, made an incredible case for the Chiefs to go undefeated, that you could see them getting through the first 10 games and maybe their biggest competition might be Dallas late in the season.
1: No, it's it's honestly, they're the only team off the top of my head I can think of that they they only can lose if they choose to lose. Like, there's no point. Mahomes could be down 14 in the fourth quarter. When I'm holding a Mahomes Chiefs money line, I'm still not worried yet. It's it's the craziest feeling I have ever with that quarterback. So that's the only reason I'd even give this out because it's such a chalk bet. But again, the, the way the math works out, say Mahomes plays for 20 years, you're betting a grand each year you only have to hit it once and you can hedge out. Like we saw with Brady in the Super Bowl against the giants. You're going to have the value there to hedge out on this number. So I just think there's good value there in betting it.
0: Sean, what is, what is, what does Chad say about uh, the, the chiefs going undefeated well, when you do the simulations?
2: I'm going to have to run Chad after this. Um, it, mm. It'll take some time to set up, but I will Chad like... doesn't
0: like when Chad's not running. <laughs>
2: okay. Um, but, yeah, things like this, it, it's hard. It, you have to factor in sort of um, things like that where Patrick Mahomes is saying he wants to go 20-0. I would, um, you know, boost the odds a little bit when someone's trying. And, you know, if they're 16-0 and 0 and they have the number one seed locked up, obviously they're playing their starter, so they're going to try for it. So whatever Chad says, I would boost it a little bit. So Chad's kind of irrelevant right now. I'm going to go Simon on this. I think, yeah, 27-1. to 1, um, you know, that's probably worth a few bucks.
0: Chad's never irrelevant, Sean. <laughs> now Chad's hurt that you said Chad's irrelevant.
2: So Chad has feelings now?
0: No, well, you know what? That's a great point. Yeah, I'm worried. Wow. Um, yeah. O- only the aliens could make a right. next level point like that. Listen, guys, this is fantastic. Corner, I think you should stick around for a second. Michael Leboff jumped on. We know that he was Simon Hunter's first choice for he might be an alien at the Action Network. We know that he loves the Islanders more than anything, and the Islanders are now tied with the Bruins, 1-1 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He might hate the Toronto Maple Leafs and John Tavares as much as he loves the Islanders. They were knocked out after losing a 3-1 lead to the Montreal Canadiens. Michael Lieboff, what are you doing on this podcast?
3: Our producer, Matt Mitchell said, hey, show up at two o'clock. And I had to hear about the uh, San Diego Chargers offensive line for, for six minutes rather than continuing to, to rest on my laurels from what was probably the best sports night of my life last night.
0: Number one, we know you don't like the NFL. It's now the Los Angeles Chargers for the past couple of years. Number two, Simon Hunter asked a very important question, and I know you're going to have an opinion on this. Uh, do you believe in aliens? Yeah.
1: See how quick that yes was, Chad?
3: I'm, I'm telling you, it strengthens my argument. Wouldn't the odds just be v- like like heavily skewed towards yes? And like, sometimes I just think some animals are aliens, like the Greenland shark. Do you guys know about Greenland sharks? They like oh. swim in the North Atlantic and they can live for like 400 years. Nobody knew those things existed until like, you know, maybe a hundred years ago or less. And so maybe they just kind of dropped down and we are like, all right, we'll just be the, we'll just swim around here and watching history unfold in the North Atlantic for 400 years.
0: I'm with you. I believe there are aliens. Full stop. And I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to admit it. I firmly believe it. I firmly believe it because I said to Simon, I think it's arrogant to believe that we're the only intelligent form in the universe. But you just made it a odds-driven argument, which is interesting. And I love that you decided they weren't coming for harm. They're just sort of dropping in sharks. If they were coming from harm,
3: weren't they already have done it? Like before our technology advanced? Like if they were here, like, why wouldn't you just like drop in in like 2000 BC when they were whittling stone or whatever you do to stone. So I assume they're just here to, to maybe hang out, watch some hockey. (laughs) I I once went to a, a Yankee Red Sox game with my buddy, handsome. We were smoking weed on top of a garage, like in the Bronx. And that obviously led to some, you know, interesting conversation. And while the Yankees and Red Sox were unfolding in front of us, we were talking about what an alien would think if they had just kind of like landed in the middle of this game be like what the hell is going on why are these there are thousands of these earthlings just watching these other earthlings in uniforms and why are they why are the coaches wearing the same uniform those don't coaches usually not wear uniforms in this on this planet but then we realized we were talking for like 30 minutes and the people around us were probably like we gotta get these kids away from us they're fucking losers
0: handsome's the liquor salesman right
3: handsome is the liquor salesman yeah
0: yeah yeah all right. Do you want to talk about the greatest sports night of your life? You want to break it down for people? I think
3: a huge part of being a sports fan is, is like reveling in the misery of your rivals. And I think that like, anyone who who doesn't understand that is maybe not cut out for it. Because w- what happened with the Islanders in 2018 with John Tavares, like the Islanders have always been on shaky ground, right? So they had a franchise cornerstone, he had always committed himself to the Islanders and said, like, he understands the plight, like he knows him leaving would have some huge ramifications for the franchise, um, and could like doom it, basically. And then he left for the place that we'd like if he had left to go to the San Jose Sharks, it wouldn't be a big deal. But he like he's from Toronto. The day the Islanders drafted him in 2009, there were articles about how long it would take for Tavares to go to Toronto. He always said they were bullshit and then just basically lied to our faces for whatever it was, eight, nine years. Um, they he goes to Toronto. They have a really good team. They haven't won anything since 1967. They haven't won a playoff series since 2004, but their fan base and the media coverage You'd think that they were, you know, the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs or whatever. It's sickening stuff. It's very disturbing. Any Every time that they get eliminated from the playoffs in the first round, it's a, it's a holiday. And the fact that the Islanders, 20 minutes after the Maple Leafs got eliminated, win in overtime. By the way, the Islanders have now won four playoff series, or at least four best of seven since Tavares left. He's won zero. So it was a great night. I was up till five in the morning watching highlights of the Leafs losing, watching like I was listening to Toronto sports radio. I woke up this morning. Told Alexa to turn on Toronto Sports Radio. She obliged. Uh, it was great. And the sick thing is, like, the Islanders had a huge win last night, one of their biggest wins in years. I haven't even had a chance to to properly celebrate that one because I'm just dancing on the Maple Leafs graves for, I don't know, I told myself to, like, 8 p.m. tonight.
1: Playoff hockey is the greatest. It's like, the way you talk about Toronto is how I feel about the Penguins. Like, obviously, like, Philadelphia, the Penguins, that's our, like, in-state
3: rival. Yeah, we, we took care of the Penguins for you. Exactly. Like National Coliseum ate them up.
1: And I'm all in on the Islanders because of you, obviously. And I rode them that whole series, and I took them last night, and it's just been a blessing. But, man, playoff hockey, dude, the OT. Like, I don't know about – like, obviously, you're a diehard fan. Sweating, man. I was literally sweating down my back. That was
3: one of the better hockey games I watched, probably, these playoffs. My wife is a Bruins fan, too, and she she – the Bruins came back from 3-1 down – She's like, you don't need to be a brat about it. And I was being a complete brat. Like I was like not talking to her for a while. She said some a lot of mean stuff about me, but it was all right. Like I'm mature enough to admit that, but I'm definitely not mature enough to change it. Like it's playoff hockey, it's life or death. I'm not gonna, you know, be happy for her if the Bruins come back. She's, she actually felt so bad for me because of like how pathetic I was acting that she started to be like, oh, that was a good win for the Islanders. Good job, like I'm happy for you. And if it was, she was on the other foot it would have just been a disaster. I think so Casey Zizekas, who scored the overtime winner, he, he might have you know, saved my marriage, which is, I guess, good.
0: This podcast has gotten so off the rails that I cannot believe Leapoff becomes a surprise guest. And we end up talking about hockey for this long. Yeah. Corner, You've been awfully quiet.
2: Uh, I have nothing to say about hockey. Uh, this is payback for LeBow having to listen to me talk about the San Diego Chargers offensive line, right? So I just thought I'd sit here and kick it.
3: <laughs> I mean, look, here's how the NFL season's going to go, everybody. There're going to be a couple good teams playing each other in the winter. One coach is going to not kick a field goal. Everyone's going to freak out about it, and then the two two other teams will play in the Super Bowl. One of them will win and that'll be it. And we'll start all over again. It all comes down to a timeout and a field goal decision every season. And I just don't understand how that drama can outweigh what we saw last night at the TD Garden when the Islanders just stomped the Bruins.
0: Listen, that's how we know Liebhoff early is an alien. He doesn't understand American football. I understand it. I just nope. don't appreciate it, really. Liebhoff, Islanders series is tied right now 1-1. Before we go, give me your handicap of the Islanders' chances to win the Stanley Cup versus where their current odds are. I
3: don't think there's any value like if from a strictly value perspective right there's no value in backing basically any team right now but if you're looking for a ride right if you want to just hit your wagon to a team I think the Islanders or maybe one of the Canadian teams would probably give you the best ride right now because the story's good the Islanders play a very physical game I do think that they're much like there are a lot of models out there that thought the Islanders were about you know 33 percent or less against the Bruins I just think that underrates them on if you want to bet them right now like you just bet the series line and just remember i mean it's it's right now it's 1-1 it's a best of five and three of those games are going to be taking place at the nassau coliseum which um as you saw at game six after you denied my invitation it wasn't even declined like it was more it was more rude than that you denied an invitation to the coliseum which was really weird because i can't imagine a better environment in sports than what was going on in game six I'll, i'll let you come again if you want they got Thursday, Saturday. I'd suggest coming Saturday. Thursday will be pretty angsty. A best of five, where they have home ice advantage now. Like it's it's closer to a coin flip than the odds will suggest. But it's they still they still should be underdogs.
0: Saturday is not going to work for me. That's your loss, honestly.
3: It's really your loss. The the catharsis that, that you will not get to experience by celebrating a goal at the Nassau Coliseum.
0: I'm going to get to a game at the Nassau Coliseum with you. It just won't be Saturday. My own. Well, I mean, this coming. is it.
3: This is the last year.
0: Yeah. They're going to advance. So I'll go in the next right. round. Nice attitude. I'm a broken man. Find optimism. Believe in love. I'll try. Oh, your before we go, can I say oh, something that's going to oh, be kind of sad. God, but... Do it.
1: Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about, you know, it was more of a weekend. A lot of like I have friends who are vets. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but suicide rate among veterans is crazy high. Even if you're friends on the military, just reach out to people. People are still going through tough times. It's just a good reminder. Like you never know. So Definitely check in on people. It's a lot of a lot of downtime right now. So definitely reach out to friends.
0: I love that you said that. That's a great message. Completely agree with it. Listen, Simon, you're like the heart and the soul and the conscience of this podcast. And so when you say things like that, people should take them seriously.
1: Yeah, you really took my alien theme. You ran with it all show. It was pretty impressive.
0: I thought it was fascinating. It's a fascinating conversation. Uh, but more, more fascinating is that Sean Corner has renamed the most important device <laughs> in his life. Not just an engine that powers what he does, but a lot of the engine that powers the Action Network. And somehow it has now been renamed Chad. Think about that. This has been the favorite podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. We will be back on Thursday for the Thunderdome edition, a big Thunderdome addition until next time download the podcast from Apple Podcasts from Spotify wherever you get your podcast love you and leave off let's go islanders